hosts live from London Town. It's the Lee Mack Show. Oh, what a lovely audience. Some are a little bit old. There's a nurse sat next to half of them, and the others are covered in mold. So skip through the streets like a psychopath. Put on your showbiz socks. It's the Lee Mack Show. And this week's special musical guest, Mitchell. Take it away, Mitch. It's nice to be invited. I've not done comedy yet, but there's more important things to do. So please do not forget the Christmas bells that ring there are the clanging chimes of doom. Well, tonight. Whoa, whoa, whoa! Stop, Mitch! Please, we're not doing all that. Let's keep it light. It's a variety show. Yeah, I'm just trying to uh, remind people. That... Yeah, but who's in charge, eh? Let's just say tonight. Thank God it's me instead of you. <laughs> Show. My name's Lee Mack. Uh, it's nice to be here. Just got back from America. Very nice. I'm not going to take the mickey out of the Americans like a lot of comics do. I don't do that. Um, they've given us so much, haven't they? They gave us Halloween. I like that. I got that recently, you know. Trick or treat. I went, get off my doorstep. We're not in America. This little kid went, there's nothing wrong with adopting a bit of American culture. I went, go on then. Get off my doorstep or I'll shoot you. <laughs> I'm always obsessed as well about the way uh, American women perceive British men. Because, you see, I think they've watched too many Hugh Grant films. I think they just think that all British men are walking around trying to get a date by going, um, crikey, I think they're in for a hell of a shot when they turn up. Aye, I'll buy you and your man a Bacardi Breezer, but one of you's better be up for a shag. And you've got to be careful eating out in America as well. Because, you see, they think the full Monty means naked. And it doesn't, does it? It means everything. Usually a full English breakfast. <laughs> that got me into all sorts of trouble in America. <laughs> I was in this restaurant. This waitress came over. She said, how would you like the breakfast served? I said, uh, I'll have the full Monty. <laughs> she said, it's not that kind of place. So. <laughs> but... Seeing as you helped us out against Iraq, <laughs> I'll show you a tit. <laughs> yeah, right. So which one do you want to see, the left one or the right one? <laughs> the left one. She went, your left or my left? <laughs> well, your left, I've seen mine. You've got to be careful. It's like when I went to a French restaurant recently. I was trying to... You ever do that thing where you try and order in French, right? I thought, when in Rome, do as the Romans do. My dad taught me that just before he was jailed in Italy for killing 20,000 Christians. And um, I was trying to order an egg custard, right? Classy northern starter. And, uh, See, what I've done there, I stereotyped the north. I'm sorry about that. See, that's what... Uh, you shouldn't do that, right? You should never judge a book by its cover. Or as my old nan used to say, just because Thora Heard can't climb stairs, it doesn't mean she's a Dalek. <laughs> I tried to do this thing, right, when I tried to order in French, right? And this, the other thing is, well, all the Italians and the French, right, they take the mickey out of our, our diets, don't they? If there's any French or Italians in the audience tonight, right, you can laugh all you like at our crappy diets. You lot will never have the pleasure of coming home as a 14-year-old boy thinking you're only getting beans on toast and then going, ooh, hello, there's little sausages in here. <laughs> so this, uh, this waiter comes over, right? And I'm trying to order the egg custard. So I said, have you got le creme d'oeuf? And this waiter went, it's not le creme d'oeuf. 
is la crème d'œuf is feminine. I said, it's not feminine, is it? It's an egg custard. What do I need to know the sex of an egg custard for? I want to eat it, not shag it. Excuse the French. Ladies and gentlemen, it's time to welcome our regular guest. She's hot, she's sassy, she's sexy, she's not really, but it's radio, they'll never know. Please welcome Angela McHale! Nice intro. Only joking, pet. Pet, that's a bit northern, isn't it? All right, sorry, babes. Better, but I'm not a baby, I'm not helpless. Sorry, chicken. Chicken? I'm hardly your equal if you call me chicken. Big chicken. No. Captain chicken. No. Cock. No. no. <laughs> Treacle. I'm not a sticky pudding. Sweet pea. Old-fashioned. MC sweet pea. What? MC sweet pea and the treacle tart. Why don't you just call me Angela? Because I'm flirting with you. Why? Because that's what you do. You try and establish a bit of sexual chemistry. All the greats do it. Johnny and Denise, Des and Mel, Saint and Greavesy. Go on, then. What? Be flirty. So what have you been up to this week, you dirty old minx? You're not flirting. You're being sexually aggressive and a little bit sexist. Flirting has to be more subtle, suggesting a sexual interest, but keeping a bit of mystery in the air. All right, how about this? You're looking very attractive tonight. Thank you. I wasn't talking to you. Who were you talking to? Who knows? Why don't we just forget the sexual chemistry thing? Because it's important, yeah, gorgeous little princess. Well, I'm not doing it, you gorgeous little pillock. Come on, I'm begging. I don't care if you get down on your knees. I don't suppose you get down on your... No. no. <laughs> Why don't we talk about this backstage? Good idea. Me and Angela are going to go backstage and get loved up like Richard and Judy on poppers. <laughs> In the meantime, please welcome onto the stage this week's special guest. It's Mick Miller! I've just got one of them. Satellite navigation. Brilliant, they are. You just put in where you want to go, and this Japanese voice tells you how to get there. <laughs> how does that work? Honestly, put it in, this voice goes, stay on motorway. <laughs> Turn reft at rights. <laughs> I put in Milton Keynes, and this voice went, oh, your dog over there. In London, inexpensive down here. I couldn't believe it. I've gone into I've, the Park Lane Hotel. And they're all foreigners. Honestly, I couldn't believe it. French fella behind the counter. I hate the French. Oh, don't like them. They eat frogs' legs. You go to France, you see frogs going on in wheelchairs that big. <laughs> Tiny little tartan blanket. <laughs> What's French for cul-de-sac? What? Why have we got it? French don't like us, we don't like them, get rid of it, cul de sac. She'll be in English. Should say, you'll have to back out. <laughs> so I've gone to the French fella behind the counter, and this hairstyle, jeans, trainers, he said, Can I help you? I said, Could I book in for the night, please? He said, uh, You think you can afford it? I said, Yes. He said, It's 380 pounds. I said, That's all right. <laughs> He said, would you like a shower or a bath? I said, well, what's the difference? 
He said, you sit down in a bath. <laughs> well, I phoned the ambulance for him. <laughs> so we got in the room and the wife said, uh, oh, are we taking the little bottles of shampoo? I said, we're taking the curtains. <laughs> I, said, I said, swags and tails on the pole, get the lot. <laughs> well, this hotel, they had everything. I thought, I'll get my money's worth here. I couldn't believe it. They had, they had a swim pool, they had a jacuzzi, they had a spa. So I was straight in the spa, got a bottle of milk, some tea bags. <laughs> they, had, they had a sauna. Well, I've never been in a sauna in my life. So I thought, I'll get my money's worth. First time in my life, I am now sat in a sauna, half naked, with six strange men. I burnt my lips on this ladle trying to get a drink. <laughs> I, I live up north, not far from Lee, I live in Blackpool, and uh, I've got a mate of mine up there. And I'm sat having a coffee with him one Saturday morning, this kid's coming. He's got 17 rings over one eyebrow. And this kid looked at me and he said, what do you think I should have done next? I said, why don't you have a shower curtain? <laughs> You've been fabulous, thanks for listening, good night. Good luck. Thank you. Has anyone seen that pretentious advert outside the job centre? There's this huge big poster outside. Talk about aiming at the kids. There's this big huge poster. And it goes, hey, are you looking for a job? In it. <laughs> you seen that? Are you looking for a job? In it. I went in and I said, oh, you're not all homeboys looking for naff respect. <laughs> <laughs> so what's that, mate? Are you looking for a job? In it. Are you looking for a job? In it. <laughs> the bloke behind the counter says, it doesn't say that. It says, are you looking for a job in IT? <laughs> It's time for me. There's no need to be afraid. Thanks for coming on the show, Mitch. It's nice to meet you. I know it is. Now, if you say the names Bob Geldof and Mid Jaw, or to give you both your proper titles, Sir Bob Geldof and Mid Jaw, <laughs> when, when you say those names, people immediately think of children in need. Live aid. Whatever. And. A lot of people have said that the reason he got that knighthood, and you didn't, was because you were more the engine room of the project, the unsung hero. I wouldn't say that. No, neither would I. I heard <laughs> it's because the Queen prefers the Boomtown Rats to Ultravox. How do you know that? She told me. She said, I've always preferred accessible new wave punk to early 80s electro-pop with a new romantic influence. <laughs> she didn't really say that, did she? No, she didn't. She just said, get out of my garden, put some clothes on! <laughs> and it wasn't the Queen, it was just some old woman who lives next door to me. But, to be honest... Come on, doesn't it annoy you that he got the nod from the Queen? Of course I'm not annoyed. I'll tell you what really annoys me. This new lot come along, don't they? Band Aid 20, right? Did you hear it? They've nicked the song, the lyrics, <laughs> the whole idea, right? They've even given the money to the same charity. You should sue them. You could clean up. Nice little earner. I, I, I was actually part of it. I, I was in the video. See, Steve, I told you that wasn't Jimmy Cranky. <laughs> Now, having new talent in it was a way of reaching out to a whole new generation, and I hope you bought a copy. Of course I did. Well, taped it off the radio. <laughs> and that's not really the same, is it? No, you get all that talking over the end. It's really... <laughs> I mean, you should be paying for it so the money goes to the charity. Hey, I do my bit. I sponsor a short-sighted whale with alopecia. Oh, what kind of, of charity is that? I just bought Elton John's new album. 
Now that's a bit unpleasant, isn't it? Well, track three's not bad. <laughs> now, the other thing I want to ask about Band-Aid... Look, can I be honest? I'm very proud of my involvement with the charity. It's a real honour. But just occasionally, it would be nice to talk about something else. Mm. <laughs> Fair enough. You never heard Mother Teresa going on about a new album, but let's do it your way, shall we? <laughs> Should we talk about Ultravox? Okay, great. Now, Ultravox played some amazing live concerts, didn't they? Probably the best-known one being at Live Aid. <laughs> Two questions. Um, who was the most famous person you met backstage, and what's Bob Geldof like? I thought you were going to talk about Ultravox. Okay, what does Bob Geldof think of Ultravox? <laughs> Can you get off me throat, That really hurts. <laughs> now, ask me another question, but make sure it's about something other than Band-Aid. All right? All right. How often does Bob Geldof have a bath? <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, for those of you listening at home, Midjaw has just punched me four times in the stomach, followed by a slap. Let's hear that again in slow motion. tell you how proud I am of that joke. Can I ask you a question? Have you always been a comedian? No, Mitch! I've not always been a comedian. I've had loads of jobs. Here comes a policeman, a big friendly policeman. PC McGarry number 452. What the hell was that? Uh, that was the intro music for the policeman's sketch. Well, have you accidentally picked up a Trumpson script? Can't we make it a bit more subtle? Sorry, whoa. What's that? It's the theme music to the film The Sting. Sting was the lead singer in The Police. <laughs> when I say subtle, I don't mean round six on the Krypton Factor. It's radio. I need something that tells the audience it's about the police, you know, just to tell them where in the world the scene is set. That's given me an idea. Where in the world, PC world. I'll do. Oh, there you are, Officer Mack. Sorry I'm late, Sarge. Old Dolly at the Rose and Crown called me on the blower and gave me a lead on a snout who had the SP on a shooter from the Sparklers Black, so I found the tow rag playing with some tarts, thrapney bits down at Dirty Frankie's, and I've stitched him up good and proper, the slag. That's not true, is it? Nope. Why are you really late? I've been watching the Sweeney. I love it. It's really exciting. Nothing ever happens round here. Oh, you reckon, do you? Why do you think I've called you to this old mansion in the middle of the night? Because there's been a murder. Surprise, surprise The unexpected hits you between the eyes Steve, when I said surprise music, right? <laughs> I didn't actually mean the theme music to surprise, surprise. Oh. We had a phone call from Lady Jemima Diamond Knackers. It turns out her husband's bitten the big one. Can I have a go on the little one? <laughs> Right, let's get inside Marilyn Mansion and be careful, the murderer is still at large. It's a bit dark in here. I can't see anything. It's a bit scary, isn't it? Can you stop the Silla Black obsession, please? Sorry. No, don't be nervous. Just stay very close. I'm frightened. You are both going to die. What was that? Don't worry, that was just me messing about. What's going on in here? Wow, you're pretty good at this voice thing, aren't you? Wait a moment. 
I'll switch the lights on. Good God, Sergeant, when did you grow those? I'm Lady Jemima. Oh, can I go on the little one? You said there'd been a murder? Yes, my husband. I found my Italian gardener, Stevio Brownio, standing over the body. Or should I say, ex-gardener. My husband sacked him yesterday and he'd come round to collect his tools. Do you think he was holding a grudge? I don't know much about gardening. It may have been a grudge. And please, call me Gemma. Okay. Best take a look at the body then, uh, Gemma. What's the rush, Sergeant? You always in such a hurry to get a lady into the bedroom? Only the beautiful ones. Well then, Sergeant, I hope you're up to it. Because I want you to look at everything there is to see. Good God, what a slag. I'll tell you something, uh, Gemma. You're the kind of lady I could interrogate all day and all night. Sorry, am I in the way? Why don't I stand over here and act as an interpreter? You know, don't think bad of me, Sergeant. But in some ways, I'm glad my husband's gone. The old fella's been dead 20 minutes, but just to let you know, I'm available. Why don't I fix us a drink? Then after you've seen the body, maybe there'll be other places you want to explore. Let's get rat arsed, have a quick butchers at my dead husband, then you can have a look at my vagina. <laughs> Best show us the body first, uh, Gemma. Okay, he's in here. <gasps> what is it? The body, it's... it's gone. Join us later for part two, when we'll find out who the murderer really is. Will it be the Italian gardener? Or will it be Lady Jemima? Or will it be number three, Sergeant Miller, who says he likes taking down with his particular... Oh, Steve! Clark, Steve! Will you forget the blind date thing, will you, and introduce the next bit? Ladies and gentlemen, put your hands together for Midge Ewer! If there was a better man Touch me if I was a stronger man carrying the weight of popular demands. Tell me, would that alarm her? I'd never harm her at all. If I was a Touch me
What a racket. <laughs> I'm only joking. I got recognised today. Uh, in Dixon's. A member of staff came up to me and went, Hey, you're that mad bloke off the telly. I went, That's me. And he went, No, you're that mad bloke. Off the telly. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, it's time to chat with our house band leader, Steve Brown. Steve Brown, Steve Brown, so, Steve, what's it been like working with Midge this week? Yeah, it's been a pretty amazing week. I bet it has. Have you got any interesting anecdotes? Well, a few days ago, I was... Actually, I don't know if I should be telling this. No, oh, come on, I'm sure we all want to hear it, don't we, folks? Yes! Well, OK, a few days ago, I was in the rehearsal room with Midge. We were practising for the show, and uh, Midge suggested we do the opening title song in F-sharp. Well, I said, no, we'll, we'll do it in B. And he said, no, we'll do it in F-sharp. I said, no, we'll do it in B. This went on at least for two or three minutes, and uh, you'll never guess what happened, right? We only ended up doing it in C anyway. Hey, how crazy is that? That's not an interesting anecdote, Stu. In fact, that's not even an anecdote. That is a collection of the top 40 dullest words in the world. Start again, but this time elaborate a bit. OK. Uh, a couple of days ago, I was in the rehearsal room. Make it a hotel room. Sounds more rock and roll. OK. Uh, a couple of days ago, I was in a hotel room. CD with... hotel room. A couple of days ago, I was in a CD hotel room with Midge. Don't just keep saying Midge. Say Midge you. Otherwise, they'll get confused and think you're talking about a midget or something. <laughs> in fact, say that. Say you're in a CD hotel room with Midge you and a midget. You sure? Start again. Go on. OK. I was in a CD hotel room the other day with Midge and a midget. Excellent. Everyone is going to listen to a story that starts like that. And Midget said we should do the opening title song in F sharp. We don't want to hear about your crappy song, Steve. What about the midget suggested we do it in F sharp? The midget can't play music. Well, why is he there? Sex games. Oh, hang on a second. We'll be with you in a minute, Midge. It's not your turn. Carry on, Steve. So, I was in this seedy hotel room with Midjur and a midget who we'd lured back for sex games. Lured, I like it, you're learning. And Midjur suggested we, uh, chuck the telly out the window. It's a cliche, no one's gonna believe you. Yeah, sorry. What else can you chuck out of the window? <laughs> Corby Trouser Press? Try again. The midget. Correct! Oh, come on, listen here. Please, shut it! Show some professionalism. Carry on, Steve. So, I'm in this seedy hotel room with Midget and a midget who we lured back with sex games, and Midge says, uh, Let's chuck the little fella out of the window. Oh, great, it's a bloke. And we got so carried away, we ended up chucking everyone out of the window. The Portuguese lady boy. The station. What? The pregnant hooker. Let's leave it there. What a great anecdote. Ladies and gentlemen, Steve Brown. Steve Brown. Meanwhile, back. <laughs> Meanwhile, back at Marilyn Mansion. 
What is it? The body. It's... It's gone. Oh, no. Sorry, there it is over there. I haven't got my glasses on. <laughs> so where is this Italian ex-gardener of yours? I think this is him coming now. Manslaughter! Manslaughter! What are you doing, Steve? It says on the script we hear manslaughter coming from the hallway. No, it doesn't. It says we hear man's laughter coming from the hallway. <laughs> <laughs> you seem to be in good spirits, sir. Oh, hello. Uh, I am a Stevio Brownio, uh, but uh, this is none of the laughters of joy. This is the laughters of hysteria and sadness, because I tell you, this man loved me like a stepfather. But not the way Woody Allen loves like a stepfather, OK? I've got one question for you, uh, Signorio Brownio. Signorio? It's Spanglish. <laughs> if you were so close, why did he sack you? I can answer that, Sergeant. Let's just say Stevie O was trying to pick the forbidden cherry from my husband's most prized possession. What's wrong with that? He's a gardener. What I'm saying is that he was occasionally known to sow a special seed on the hallowed turf of the Lady Jemima tree. Yeah, but that's his job if he's... We were shagging. Oh, right, see, got it. <laughs> Sounds to me like someone's trying to frame our poor Italian friend. Who are you? I'm Detective Inspector Midjour from Scotland Yard. <laughs> oh, still my favourite line in the whole show. Right, tell me everything you know. Everything? Yes. Well, I know that sticklebacks only live for about... Uh, about the model. <laughs> oh, I see. Never mind all that. I can tell you right now who did it. The murderer is... Well, who is it? I've no idea. I was just hoping the murderer would get up and run. Long shot, you never know. <laughs> so you're the Iyer. Hey, no yodeling. <laughs> Maybe you can tell us your theories in a moment. First, why don't you slip off that wet jacket and I'll fix us a drink. Oh, here we go. Slapper Alice is off again. A clever and sensitive man like yourself would surely consider all the facts. A sacked gardener, his obsession with the beautiful me. What but the fact you were the only one in the house? Look at my breasts. All right, let's forget that. Can I have a go on the little one? <laughs> God, you've got beautiful eyes. The kind of eyes I could die for. Or even... kill for. Gasp. Gasp. No, don't actually say it, you bum trumpets. <laughs> Sorry. Do you know what I've just realised, Detective? You're the murderer! OK, I admit it. I've worshipped this woman for years. I asked her to run away with me, and when she said no, I killed her husband and I tried to frame her. Uh, actually, what I was going to say was, do you know what I've just realised, Detective Yore? The murderer must have run off really quickly. Oh. Look at my breasts. Doesn't really work if you say it. Why don't you tell us exactly what happened, Inspector? I walked in the cold air. So you're hanging round outside. Freezing breath on the window pane. What are you doing? Lying and waiting. You'll get piles. Who are you waiting for? A man in the dark in the picture frame. So mystic and soulful. Mystic, soulful and dead. You've killed him. Voice reaching out in the piercing cry. It stays with you until... Yeah, I'm sorry you're feeling guilty. Try not killing people. I find that helps. <laughs> the feeling is 